Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. Welcome to Intergenerational Politics with Jill Weinbanks and Victor Shi, where we host weekly political discussions that are engaging and relevant to all generations. As always, we want to thank you for listening to Intergenerational Politics. If you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts to support future episodes. And we also have a website, intergenerationalpolitics.com. This is Victor Shi. I'm a co-host of this podcast and an incoming freshman at UCLA next year. Um, Jill, do you want to give us a brief introduction about who you are? Sure. I'm the proud co-host of this podcast with Victor and the author of The Watergate Girl, based on my experience as an assistant Watergate special prosecutor. Uh, and it goes through my career, uh, which includes current status as an MSNBC contributor. Um, today, we are fortunate enough to be joined by Kara Swisher, an American technology business journalist, co-founder of Recode, and host of the new podcast, Sway, by the New York Times. Um, she also interviewed one of our favorite guests on this podcast, Kathy Griffin, which um, we will post on our website for those who want to see that as well. Um, since 2018, Kara has been a contributing writer to the New York Times opinion section. Um, before that, she wrote for the Wall Street Journal and served as co-executive editor of All Things Digital. Um, today, we'll be discussing the threat of big tech companies in general and looking more specifically at the impact of Facebook on our election security and the significance of the Trump's administration's uh, efforts to uh, ban TikTok and WeChat. So um, we are also going to discuss Kara's new podcast, Sway, at the end of this discussion. So first, thank you so much for um, taking some time. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. All right, so Jill, I'll kick it off to you. Thank you, Kara. I am not um, like most of my generation, because they mostly rely on Facebook. I'm much more into Twitter. Okay. But um, before 2016, uh, there didn't seem to be much of a problem with Facebook. Mm -hmm. But after that, um, with the interference of Russia in our election, Facebook suddenly faced enormous scrutiny for allowing misinformation or even disinformation. Mm -hmm. And some of that, of course, came from Russia. Uh, based on your coverage of Facebook, how big a threat is Facebook to the 2020 election? A huge one. And by the way, it was bad before that. You just weren't paying attention. A lot of us were very aware of the problems that were on there. Mostly they were dithering around around advertising and violating your privacy almost continually since the company started. It's, it, has, it has a, what's happening now is just a weaponization uh, version of what they were doing before, um, whether it was Beacon or looking into people's uh, or pe staff members looking into other pe to people's profiles, secretly using a God view or anything else. This company has a history of, of privacy violations and misuse of data. It just does. And from the very beginning, right, when Mark originally, uh, you know, pilfered the Harvard Facebook uh, in order to create Facebook. And so it's just the, the DNA of this company is, is, 
I don't want to say identity theft, but Walt Mossberg, my longtime partner, called information thieves. They're information thieves, and they and we willingly serve it up at this point because of the convenience we get from the various tools they give us. Um, I call us cheap dates because we give up everything for nothing. For nothing, you get whatever whatever they give you. It is not worth the, what the, the value they're getting out of it. So they've been doing this for a long time. I think the problem is it's become the one place people get news and information and communicate on the planet, not just through Facebook, but through uh, Instagram and some of their other uh, properties. And so, uh, you know, WhatsApp and especially abroad is used rather heavily and, and is used here, but more heavily around the world. And you've seen damage by that product. So every one of their products is, is sort of used in a monopolistic way. Um, they, 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 they wield it like they're a monopoly, essentially, in social media. There aren't other social media companies. They try, just like TikTok has been trying or Snapchat or others. But in general, very few people want to invest in, in this area because Facebook dominates it, that, like the giant it has become. And so what's happened since 2016 was just showing you what happens when people start to use these tools that, that, um, that Mark Zuckerberg has created for more nefarious things, um, such as uh, election interference, political manipulation, hatred, uh, murder, uh, you know, as you know, the, the guy who, uh, who murdered people in New, uh, New Zealand uh, used Facebook and other mediums to broadcast his heinous crimes. And so it's just that people uh, caught on that this was a great way to talk to the human race in the worst possible ways. And at, in the meantime, Facebook has done almost nothing to police. It's uh, even though they say they do and that they, they do it around the edges like Band-Aids. But they really have done nothing at the heart of the uh, heart of the company, which is to take your data and vomit it back at you uh, in some profitable way. So. so so, what advice do you have for users of Facebook to avoid falling vulnerable to two things? One is the theft of their information. Mm -hmm. And the other is for how to protect themselves against the fake news that they're getting through unreliable sources on Facebook. Well, it's, it's interesting. I think it's hard. We're at a point where we do need government intervention here. This is a company as powerful as governments. And so you do and, and governed by one person. You know, I think, you know, Donald Trump, we're all talking about authoritarianism. He'd love to have the kind of power Mark Zuckerberg has. Mark Zuckerberg cannot be fired. Mark Zuckerberg's children cannot be fired. Like, wow, it's a lifetime appointment of, of, for, for one idea. Great. But, uh, but, but it's also problematic in that there's no accountability. And, and, uh, uh, and again, a lot of politicians would like no accountability, not the awful ones usually. Um, and, uh, and so that's where we stand. So here's what we can do. We can start to demand of our public officials, both Republican and Democrat in this country, um, to, uh, to really start to put guardrails and laws in place and not just laws, not just regulations, there has to be fines, there has to be antitrust looking, there has to be all kinds of tools of government uh, to do this as they do with other industries. The second thing is citizens have to start becoming aware of what is going over these, these transoms, like what they're looking at and what they're being manipulated by. Now, the problem is it's so vast, it's so much, it's so much crap, you, it's very hard not to be manipulated because it's systemic. It really does reach down into our brainstem, our lizard brainstem, and yanks on it. Um, whether it's, you know, it's, it's meant to, engagement is enragement on platforms like Facebook. That is just the way it is. Now, sometimes it's really nice. You organize whatever. My kids do lacrosse groups on it or whatever. I don't actually let them go on Facebook anymore. But, 
Um, you know, there's all kinds of good things and lots of interesting ways to interact on these social media platforms. But enragement is really the, the name of the game here because it keeps people there. It keeps people going. And so they have to, you have to understand that it's systemic, that the addiction that they perpetrate on you, by the way, and I didn't even get to that, is related to the business model, is related to the engagement, is related to the misinformation. Why should they police anything when they don't have to? Why should they take the time and money that it takes to really, um, to really, you know, they're just running a shoddy business. I don't know how else to say it, is they just are sloppy and shoddy and it leads to sometimes death. It leads to definitely misinformation and then disinformation, which is play with, which is malevolent players jumping on that platform. And why wouldn't they? That's what evil people do um, is it, it, and use it. And one of the things I always say is the Russians did not hack Facebook. They're customers. They're customers of Facebook. And we, unfortunately, are the recipient of their delightful gifts of toxicity and hatred. Wow. So did I just hear you say that you don't use Facebook? No. I use Instagram from time to time, but only when forced to by the New York Times. I'll be honest. You know, because I've been thinking of uh, stopping my account. I, I interact much more on Twitter, um, but I, I have seen that it's reported, at least, that Mark Zuckerberg and Twitter CEO are implementing measures that would suppress some of the fake news that I'm so worried about with the election basically less than a month away. Um, so No, they're not equally doing it. By, by the way, look, Twitter's doing a lot more of it, and Jack Dorsey's talked rather eloquently about being wrong. Actually, you've never heard that come out of Mark Zuckerberg's mouth. So Jack Dorsey has been very thoughtful about how slow that platform was to deal with bullying, mm -hmm. misinformation, but they've got quantum level of, of smallness in terms of resources compared to Facebook. Facebook's a juggernaut. Twitter's not the best business in the world. You know what I mean? It just isn't. And so it's smaller and therefore doesn't have the resources, just the same with Reddit or Snapchat. You don't have these problems on Snapchat, of course, because they run it well. Um, so, uh, and they run it for a certain way, you know, they, there's a reason that it doesn't happen there. It's because of the way the business is being run. So, 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 so they have, everything that Facebook has done has been after other people and in a haphazard way and in a very band-aid approach. What none of them have done really is, is the political content issue, which is much more virulent on, um, on Facebook than anywhere else. And they've, what they've done is they've used the fig leaf of the First Amendment, which they do not understand. I just was talking to Larry Tribe, who I'm gonna take his word for it over Mark Zuckerberg's on the First Amendment, if you don't mind. I mean, honestly, when he, whenever he, like, when he opens the mouth of the First Amendment, I'm literally like, go back to college and take a course from Larry Tribe. That would be great. He's at Harvard, I hear. I hear you went there. And so, you know, the idea that, that this is a free speech issue is just, it's, it's just a canard that, that they use. Um, the, the First Amendment says the government shall make no law, not Facebook, not Twitter, none of it. They can do whatever they want, and they do that every day, by the way, when they feel like it. Right. So do you think any of the things they've announced, uh, Facebook said that it would suspend Russian accounts, it would remove eh. political related activity the week before election, which seems to oh. me a little late, People that they would stop now, any candidates from declaring victory until there had been confirmation. So those are some of the things they've I'd said. I'd like to know who's confirmation, what plans, why can't they make them transparent? 
Like whose confirmation are they going for? How are they going to stop uh, Trump from flooding Facebook with ads? As I've won, I've won. Look at and here's and putting up fake videos of ballots burning. Like who knows? Like this is a group of people that are caught, like caught day in and day out faking videos. Do you think they're not going to fake it for this one? Are you kidding? They're getting out all their fakery. Um, you know, and again, on some level, I, I even hate to say this, I don't blame them. That's what, you know, that's what grifters do. They grift. So they're going to do it. And so, so why not if it's sitting right here? Like, why not, you know, pick up the guns and start shooting them? And that's what they are. They're guns on the floor that they leave around and said, you know, I don't know why you think people are going to get hurt. Like, because they're guns on the floor. And they're going to pick them up and shoot them and use them for these things. They want to hold on to power. They want to use these 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 platforms. Help that it incites people. The amount of in Facebook groups alone, the amount of activity among white supremacists and paramilitary groups in organizing protests that are meant to scare you from voting is really astonishing. And to even have to have an argument about this is just. I, you know, if you had a, the New York Times print a here, everybody, here's where you go to beat up people. Yes. Are you kidding? Like, are, they'd be sued out of existence. Well, you can't sue Facebook because of Section 230 of the Internet, of the, of the Communications Decency Act. Wow. Clearly, so there's no clearly. Repercussions. There's no repercussions for what they're doing. Obviously, we need legislation, as you've already noted. <laughs> One other thing I want to just ask before um, Victor has a number of questions, but... Um, I find that on all the social media, mm -hmm. we're in a bubble. So that the people who follow me are people who already believe the things that I believe. Mm -hmm. How can I reach Republicans and independents, Trump supporters? Is there any way to have a dialogue that um, no, isn't a pre-selected audience? No, they keep everyone in their own little bubbles. That's what they've done so beautifully is that there's these little truth bubbles within them. You know, I wrote a long column about my mom and that just had to do with Fox News. Like she was just watching one thing and she thought coronavirus was just like the flu. Uh, where did that come from? You know what I mean? I wrote an entire column. It was like, it was so vexing. Uh, imagine this writ large of people in these, in these, in these groups. And so you know, for example, I have a friend who, who I've said this story before, but she was she's from a small town in Indiana and she's in a Facebook group of the small town in Indiana. A lot of these towns have them, little community groups, things like that. Great. Fantastic. Let's talk about the trash and the recycling and God, that dog drives us crazy. That kind of stuff. Fantastic. That's the best of Facebook. OK, or whatever. It's the best of humanity. Um, it used to be done by a local newspaper, then a local radio station announced them. Fine. Sounds good. So they started talking about caravans of Antifa that were going to come to this small Indiana town and invade them and break downtown and burn downtown. First of all, why would you want to do that to a small Indiana? Who wants to do that? Nobody, nobody said nobody wants to come to your town and destroy it. They don't. It's not going to happen. It's made up like the Mexican caravans, whatever. It's just a lie. But they just started proliferating it within this group. And, and there was an initial lie. And then it proliferated because of the way these tools, these sharing tools work. No one there to stop it. No one there to shut anyone up and say. So she's like, hey, guys, there's no Antifa coming in. Greyhound buses, oh, they literally had an entire whole thing, like Greyhound buses and they're going to wear black. And this is like insanity, just insanity. And you know, you want to like be like, 
is something wrong with you? Like that you don't understand this is all bullshit? No, it really does become believable when it's there in front of you. Like it does. I don't blame these people for doing this. I feel sorry and sad that this is the state of fear they have to live in, of which there is no danger, which is fascinating on some level. Um, so so they, Annie Foss coming, Annie Foss coming, Greyhound buses. She's like, it's not, it's not. Then it didn't happen. And they're like, well, we kept them away. It's like, no, you didn't. <laughs> like, so it, it, it's like, they didn't come. You were lied to. You were lied somewhere along the line. A lie happened and then it proliferated. And again, what does that do to the mentality of people? What does it do to people feeling about institutions? What does it do to people's feelings about each other? It separates and divides and angers everybody. And that's really, I don't honestly know what to do about it. I, I, I accept start to make them pay for it. I mean, to me, paying for things and having accountability sure takes care of a lot of problems and sure will move them into areas that they maybe should be, you know, chemical companies would love to spew stuff i'm sure out into the like open the you know open the tap and let out the chemicals they did that didn't they they did that that same thing with cigarette manufacturers we've been down this road before with car companies and seat belts with blank 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 the government always overreaches but i am glad in many cases that it does so that then we can pull it back if you happen to be more republican or more less government oriented or put more of it but it certainly is nothing to do with the, the governance of the people on this stuff it's the governance of one person yeah well i mean aside from spreading misinformation and disinformation which we've talked a lot about on facebook mm -hmm. another big criticism of these big tech companies in general is just how much personal information they steal so like well, I think it was my freshman year of high school. You give it to them. They don't steal right. it. I, I, I always, I joke about information thieves, but they really are. You just, yeah. it's like a thief knocks at your door and you just hand them the money. That's really what's going on. Right. Well, I mean, like one of my friends during my freshman year of high school showed me once how Facebook like knows exactly where you fall in the political spectrum, your religious mm -hmm. views, your um, other personal yep. identities, just based off of what you like, share and mm -hmm. comment. Um, but for my generation and Jill's who may not know the extent to which Facebook and other tech companies do steal our personal data when we mm -hmm. they like or comment, um, how big of a concern should this be? And then what can we do? To, do we just stop liking and commenting or sharing? Like what, what's, um, what can be done about this? <laughs> always think, you know, years ago when Google had a lot of, uh, they still do have, is a monopoly in search. So they're about to get dinged by the government for that. And they, it's a long time coming. I mean, it's about 20 years too late, but okay. Um, they, someone, someone who was running the company said, why are you so mean to us? And I said, well, I'm worried about a person who gets a hold of all this information. Who's not like you, who's not, we're nice guys. I remember them saying, we're nice guys. Because I called them, I said, it's, in an article, I said, at least Microsoft knows they're thugs, you know, knew they were thugs when they were doing them. And they're like, we're not thugs, we're nice guys. I'm like, you're nice guys, but what about the next guy? And it's always a guy, by the way. Sorry, Victor. But it is. Yeah, uh, unfortunately. You know, who, you don't understand unsafety. You don't understand anything. And what if a bad person gets a hold of this? I think about that all the time with these companies. Like, what if a bad, what are you giving people in terms of, it's really difficult because you can't really operate in a society without these devices, right? These community, they're part of work. They're part of your social life. They're part of your kids. They're part of all kinds of good things, right? All, and at the same time, the amount they collect and their, their business models are completely oriented towards targeting and selling you stuff. 
but it also can move off and that's fine. Like we live in that world. We've lived in that world for a long time. Advertising used to be much broader, you know, billboards and then newspaper ads and then TV. And now this, this is just targeted, targeted, targeted. Um, what if they're, you know, they're coming into our homes like this Amazon drone, which seems insane. I don't, I don't even understand why someone would put one of those in their homes. Um, but you have to understand they're after one thing, which is either to get you to buy something or do something, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So that's the thing. And they can track you. So what if the worst person in the world got a hold of this? What if the person who want, who had malevolent means got a hold of the information you share? Because most people go, oh, I have nothing to hide. It's not about having have nothing to hide. It's that you can be tracked like an animal. That's not, if, if someone got to that point and we got into a really bad autocratic situation, they can track you like an animal. It is not that you have something to hide. It's that you have nothing to hide. There, nothing is hidden from this thing. And that's how you should think about it. I could also scare you and follow you around and show you how much I can find out about you. I think most people would be highly disturbed. Even, even Apple, there's settings that if you don't change, they really know, like, there's a, there's a setting on Apple and I forgot, I do it at parties as a party trick, but I, I you know, because Apple is one of the more, more privacy oriented comes it stays on the phone so it doesn't go they don't and their business model is selling you a phone not selling you selling you essentially and so um or selling you airpods or whatever they're selling you or music that's not it's not that business it's not an advertising based business and so or a marketing based business and so I, you know, I opened it up and I said, you were 20 minutes at this restaurant and then you went here to this person's house. Who's this? Where did you go here? What did you, how, and you spent 43 minutes here and then you went here and this is the way you went. And they were like, how did you know that? And I'm like, it's all in your phone. Your phone is wow. tracking you wow. and it's there. Now you can't get it out of an Apple phone because they have encryption, but you certainly can at the others for sure. Oh my goodness. Now you've really scared me because <laughs> I have you. an Android, but I'll also you said- Apple setting, yeah. But Apple you also setting. said, if we get to an authoritarian uh, government, I that really scared me because I think we are very close right now, but well, I'm sorry, go one ahead. One saving graces of that is he happens to be incompetent at even dictatorship. You know what I mean? Like he's not <laughs> real good at it. He certainly yeah. flails around and plays the part, but there are other people who are rather clever. Um, uh, you know, that, that can do it better. And that's really the danger to me. It's not, uh, it's, 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 it's paving the road for the way it's going rather than this particular oath. Um, uh, but it, you do, you do get to wonder like, what if a, sm a, a more disciplined Donald Trump got in charge of Facebook or and they already even made, they've already, they already have a cooperative relationship, obviously to, known to one and all, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, oh my God, everything you say reminds me of like a Netflix, like Black Mirror episode. It I think is it, Black Mirror. Like, okay. <laughs> it is, yeah. Basically, it's frightening. Um, okay, so operationally for these big tech companies that are criticized for not doing enough to combat misinformation or give users um, the privacy that they deserve, deserve um, I assume a lot is due to their, their lust of money and um, their dominance in the market. Would that be correct? I don't think money is at all. I, you know, money is nice, but they're so wealthy. They're, they're obscenely wealthy. So I think that's, that's well beyond that. And I, I don't find most of them to really care about money as much. It's dominance. It's very different. It's a very different thing. You know, someone like Mark Zuckerberg, who's his, who's his hero? Do you know? Caesar Augustus. Go read up a biography of Caesar Augustus. Did a lot of great things. 
also was a terrible tyrant. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, uh, you know, you, you, it's dominance, it's dominance over. Mm. Like, and then often it's couched in the language for a lot of them, not just Mark, who's actually a, a lovely person on, you know, compared to a lot of people, very polite, very earnest, very trying to learn. Um, doesn't matter. I don't care. You know, you know, if he was my friend, great. Otherwise I'm worried. Um, but I think they, they try to couch it in the terms of we, we are together on this. We as a community, listen to the language really carefully, Victor, like, because that, you know, we together, we together don't do anything. You get all the money. So if, if it's we hand over the dough, if it's we hand over the information, make it transparent. If it's we, let's all get together on this and work on it together. No, they make the decisions. They get the money. They then tell us they're working really hard at it and then call us a pain in the ass for saying, hey, just a second, I think this is dangerous. Um, okay, so to draw this Facebook discussion to an end, before we move on to TikTok and WeChat, um, sure. I think what strikes me the most about Mark Zuckerberg and his public appearances is his repeated position that he remains hesitant at removing misinformation on Facebook because he wants to foster the space for open debate and free speech. And then second, yeah, that, that Facebook that. is... <laughs> is um, apolitical. So um, first, does Facebook have a political tilt? And if so, to which party? The Republican Party. It's obvious. Not, not, not the, Repu the Republic, the, the, the really scary part of the Republican Party, I'd say. Um, and I don't say that Mark is. I think he's more of a libertarian or, or libertarian light. I don't think he really holds a lot of, I do think he's sort of middle of the road kind of person, probably socially liberal, uh, feels victimized. That's another fantastic thing to deal with the wealthiest people in the world always being the victims that's a pleasure but i think um you know here's the thing what he what they tend to do is they, he talks about first of all he's completely wrong on what the first amendment is as many constitutional scholars will tell him but what who what whatever you know why go with them when you can go with his interpretation um, secondly he he says i don't want to be one of the things that really struck at me is i don't want to be an arbiter of the truth right I don't want to be an arbiter of the truth. Well, why did you build a platform that requires an arbiter of the truth? I'd, I'd like you to, I'd like him, if I, he was never going to do an interview with me ever again, because he's had such a disastrous history of them. But that would be my first question. If you don't want to be the arbiter, why did you build something that requires it, that requires it? I don't know. That's irresponsible in my book. So I don't know. I think you can look at the, the most popular things on that platform. It's really weird. It's a weird list when you look yeah. at it. It's like right wing, right wing, right wing, scary right wing, really frightening right wing. Oh, yeah. Down at the bottom at number 20 is the New York Times. <laughs> I mean, do you think it's time for Facebook to go? Like, should we Nowhere. get rid of it? Getting rid yeah. of the app. I don't know. Uh, is that yeah, possible? I, I, I wouldn't use it. I wouldn't use it. Mm -hmm. the, the utility has yeah, right. far outweighed the damage they've done. I mean, mm -hmm. it, I mean, it would be good to smoke those cigarettes, but the kid next to you is dying of cancer because of your ridiculous, filthy habit. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm sorry. Like, you're hurting people by yeah. using it. And so, you know, I, I wish they would spin off Instagram. I think it's a wonderful property. I think it's a wonderful product. It has some abuses on it too but certainly is more in the vein of what you're talking about like a good a good use of these things uh but you know I, I that would be nice and then it would be competitive and then there would be competitions and if you want to get into tiktok talk about competition it would be nice to be have more competition it creates better outcomes so let's talk about tiktok and mm -hmm. we chat but um before i do i, I want to just say you said he'll never do an interview with you again maybe he will um, I would say that based on 
Donald Trump doing an interview with Bob Woodward. <laughs> I know, you're right. Maybe he will. I mean, why oh, would he used to call me at night? Yeah, he did. Oh, my he, he did. I don't know. I think he's on to me. I think well, I no, you know what? Here's the thing. I am incredible. You listen to those interviews, they're incredibly fair. I do not attack him. I, I think a lot of people are snarky to him. I hate all the attacks on his personal looks and stuff like that. I, I decry them whenever they happen. The last one was it was surfing. I was like, he's using yeah. the correct yeah. stuff. Hey, like encourage him to use this. And he's also fair skinned. What's wrong with you people? Stop attacking his looks. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I think I've been really fair when I talk to him. It's he that walks into, I think he says what he actually thinks. And that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So TikTok and WeChat. Um, and again, the Trump administration has sought to ban both uh, from the app store, claiming that China mm -hmm. is stealing personal information from the U.S. Yeah. Well, first of all, I guess the question is, well, there's is no that proof. proof? Are there's, they I don't know. I don't know. There's no, I'd like to see the proof. Thank you. That's all. I, 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 I don't listen. It's China. Of course, they're going to want to spy on us. But come on, this is a surveillance economy there. But, you know, it's not the United States. It's China. And that's what they do. That's they spend 10% of their, their overall budget on internal controls, which is surveillance, facial recognition, et cetera, controls of people. Um, so, uh, you know, sure, they might, but I'd like proof of it. There's no proof. That's all I'm saying. This is just mm -hmm. made up. It's just made okay, up. So, and, and we know for sure that TikTok is really popular with uh, yes. Victor's generation and that uh, I WeChat it. is very popular with Chinese Americans who mm -hmm. really are the, yes, the user. users of that. Um, and, and depend on that for uh, mm -hmm. conversations back to China. Right. Um, but I, I'm, I'm wondering how valid is the assertion and, and you're saying, well, there's no proof and I buy that. I certainly agree with that. Um, and is it any worse than US companies uh, from what you've been saying about Facebook? Oh, worse? It to me like it's not worse. Well. Well, I, you know, interesting, when I did my last interview with Mark, he said, he sort of presented this uh, China or us, we should be big because China, that was the sort of argument he was making then, which is interesting, and then filtered into the Trump administration. Uh, but I called it the sheer, the sheer me argument. Uh, and I'm like, I don't like the choice. I don't want either of you. But, you know, I'm like him, she more, I guess, but you're not so great. You know what I mean? It's sort of like a bad, you know, relationship, like the jerk or the jerk or the real jerk or kind of thing and so um so you know i, I there's th look let's go, let's step back i would agree with the trump administration or a lot of people on both the democrats and that that china presents a unique and disturbing rivalry and threat to the united states and democracy in terms of hegemony in terms of running the world in terms of owning for at least in my space the next internet age they are strong in AI, they're strong in drones, they're strong in manufacturing, they're strong in uh, 5G, they're strong in surveillance, they're very good in surveillance, obviously. Um, so they have, and they're, and they're going around the world proliferating their technology to all, all kinds of countries that need technology and it's, you're using Chinese technology. The opportunity for spying, and they will, is vast, right? That's just, there is a real threat. And militarily, same thing. You talk to military leaders, you know, Russia, a bunch of gangsters, the crazy gangsters. Chinese, a really difficult foe going forward and one that we have to meet both diplomatically in terms of cooperation and also forcefully in terms of 
putting through our democratic values, right? That's what we do. That's what America does. So there is a threat and it does exist, but doing sort of shitty one-off things in place of policy is just, it's literally shooting your foot when you need to be shooting the other direction. And I, I hate to use shooting analogies. So we have to deal with the China threat. This is not the way to do it. This is the way not to do it. China is going to wait us out and let us sputter and we will do nothing. And then they will have incursions, right? Then they'll be able to do it. Then we'll look away. We think we took care of it, which we don't and through this deal that they're doing. Um, and it just becomes sort of just the PR thing of the day. This day it's TikTok. Tomorrow it's, you know, post boxes. The next day it's taxes. And boy, is that a story. Um, you know, it's just, it, it, it might be the last one for him, I think, in lots of ways. I call it the Al Capone of it all. Um, that's how they get all of them in the end. It's taxes. Don't pay. That's how they get all of them. They really do. That's how they get all of them. Don't cheat on taxes. Um, event or don't get caught cheating on your taxes. So um, uh, that's the Republicans line right now. Um, so, so I think that there's a real threat and I think that is correct to focus on TikTok and others, but this way to do it is not the way. We need serious policy around information that comes in and manufacturing in China and how to encourage manufacturing elsewhere and stuff like that. It's, it requires intelligence and thoughtfulness and bipartisanship, which is not happening at all. Well, you mentioned the tax issue, but uh, remember that a lot of Donald Trump's products are manufactured in China, so mm-hmm. he's supporting them. But let, let's talk about the worldwide criminal organization, I guess, looks like. You know, I don't know. Everywhere is grift. Everybody. I, I'm always surprised when my organized crime prosecution background is more relevant to the news. Oh, it is, isn't it? And Watergate it really is. It really is. But Literally, like so, the mafia. You're, you're, and they even talk that way to each other. Absolutely. You absolutely. know what happened to the mafia, Jill? You know what happened to them? Yeah. So dumb their way the, down to the know, end. The judge, the judge blocked uh, the TikTok mm-hmm. uh, ban. Sure, he should have. And, and we now have a deal for the purchase of TikTok. Allegedly. Do, do you think that's is that helpful? Is that no. irrelevant? It's not part of what you would consider good policy. It's not policy. I don't know what it is. I don't know. How does it protect us? You know, I don't, I don't begrudge Oracle, which is a very good technology uh, partner. It, it, they're just a vendor. It's just a vendor, right? They're not going to, who owns it? Where's the algorithm going? Where's the data going? Who has the code? Who's running the code? Does it go back to China? How much does China own? Like, there's this, I know, I know they're answering a lot of these questions within the national security apparatus, which are full of wonderful, talented people of expertise, um, which we need more of. But it's still become a political football, right? And and what's really amazing to me, I always think about like, look, Steve Mnuchin's smart guy. He's obviously smart guy. Dealing with this right now when he should be worried about stimulus and the budget? Like, come on. Like, really? Like, this is ridiculous. We need serious policy about China. Moving, when, when Grindr was owned by a Chinese company, lots of threats. That could be a lot of really disturbing data that they could get. And you get data access, for example. The, the, the threats are data access, access to devices, that's another threat, possibly not proven still, but still there's an opening. And then third, the more, more problematic issue is influence in terms of cutting off, in, like suddenly not covering this, not pushing to that. that. That is really quite important. And I agree. Again, I agree the Chinese are excellent at manipulative propaganda. Um, and so, so those are important things. But how does that, how does that stop 
on in this solution. I don't know. It's not transparent. It's also our government is spending all this time on this one company to do this when we need an overall policy. Grinder had to sell itself to another company, you know, in the U that's in the U.S. And that was that. What's happening here is we we made all this noise way ahead of our skis. He was saying things that the companies weren't saying, like, you know, the, just even that Museum of Propaganda, that $5 billion, I call it the Museum of Propaganda, the companies, when I call them, they're like, Kara, we have no idea about that. Like, we're not doing a special museum of, diff, of real American history, of which, you know, you know, essentially, you know, certain white people's stories of it was just weird and they were like they didn't even know what's going on this is no way to run a country and it's no way to run china policy especially when the threat is incredibly serious same thing with section 230 of the internet uh, the communications decency act it needs reform it doesn't need a ridiculous executive order full of errors and bad law and bad legal stuff that gets pushed back same thing with going after google or facebook or any of these companies for antitrust why do it in a quick, politically expedient way rather than the right way so that we get good law and good regulation and good fines that make them, they wanna, they wanna be, you know what I mean? Like it's sort of, you just sit there and you're like directionally correct, absolutely incompetent everywhere else. And, and especially in certain areas. And this TikTok one, and, again, and then also it looks like he's doing it out of peak, right? That they messed up his dumb rally. Like he, that's not, I don't, that one I think he gets a pass on. I don't think that's why he's doing it. I don't think he knows what TikTok is. Um, I think someone just hand, like Stephen Miller just handed it to him. Like that's how I imagine it happening. And then crazy Peter Navarro coming in and yelling, oh my God, the Chinese are about to come, come over the fence at, at, on 1600 Pennsylvania. You can just see it. Like you can see this insanity going on. And, and it's really important because this is a great product, like getting away from Chinese ownership. And by the way, you shouldn't not forget that because I'm very concerned about it. I use a burner phone to use TikTok. That's how much I'm concerned about it. And I'm pretty good technologically. I'm still nervous about it. Um, and I wrote a whole column about this. Um, is, is what is the good policy to get this to, to, to deal with this overall, because we're going to see it again and again as Chinese companies become more powerful. What is the policy? And that's the problem here. Um, and, and, and it's a great product. And, it, and it's a threat to Facebook, by the way. It's, it's good for innovation. It's a wonderful product. People like it. It's actually a friendly place. It's kind of all what's good with the internet. It's fun to watch. It's, in, it's infectious. It's entertaining. It's creative. It's all the good parts of the internet. So do we want to really kill it? Um, in, in, like, if we can't find a really good way to resolve it, that would be great. Yeah. I mean, um, right after the TikTok ban happened, like there was this huge fallout from my generation. And then after yeah. we they threatened to ban WeChat, like all the Chinese parents in my community were like, no, this cannot happen. Like yeah. it is the only way that we communicate with like family out in China. And mm -hmm. like my parents too, like they are, they were Republican 2016, but then after WeChat happened, they were like, this man is unhinged. I mean, I'm okay. glad they noticed that um, now. Um, but so I think this was a wonderful conversation. Um, but before we draw this kind of discussion to an end, can you tell us about your new podcast, Sway? Um, like what is the premise behind it? Um, and then tell us, you know, what episodes you've had and then what episodes you plan on having in the future if you're able to. Well, thankfully, not me ranting like this. Um, it's really interviews with really big, not just big people, but about power. It's about who has power and who's using it and how they use it. Um, and it's it ranges from all kinds of kinds of uh, people. I had Elon. I'm, I'm having some big names on to start with. I had Gavin Newsom talking about the wildfires and sort of 
getting this amazing job of power with the most important state in, in the country, one of the biggest economies in the world. And then it just, it's on fire. Like, what do you do? Like, what, and then he's got emissions issues and climate change. So we wanted to talk about that and what, how you manage that. It was really, it was a great interview. Nancy Pelosi. Uh, talking about, you know, trying to get the stimulus bill through. We talked about that and the limits of her power, the limits of her ability to rein in Trump. It's really true. She doesn't, you know, they're, they're supposed to be co-equal branches of government. Are they? Have they become that? Is there too much executive power? What is she going to do about it? So that was, that was about that and about her, you know, and I, I push back pretty hard on all of them. And at the same time, I want to elicit illumination from them uh, about what they're doing and have real conversations rather than talking points. Um, and then uh, we just did Elon Musk, who's just a grab bag of everything, whether it's Tesla or SpaceX or this Neuralink thing. He wants to put chips in our brains and what that means. Right. You know, there's never been a more creative entrepreneur since Thomas Edison, I think. If you, that's giving Elon a big compliment, but it's true. He's in a lot of areas. He's digging tunnels to stop traffic. He's doing the Neuralink. He's doing this. You know, and at the same time, he has some really disturbing opinions about COVID, right? You know, so we talked about that and running companies. And uh, so that was, you know, in the end of the world, he started talking about the sun exploding. On some, so we want to get people some real, you got a real big insight to him in that interview. And so we're also going to talk to people you don't know so much about. And I can't tell you who else is coming up, but there's going to be people you're going to be like, huh, I didn't, I, I wanted to hear that idea. Uh, we want to talk to people who are powerless. The next one that's coming out tomorrow is about someone who, lost power and how and why and purposely lost power and so we're going to talk about that we'll go to entertainment to science to space to whatever we're to politics obviously is right now is a big deal i'm hoping this election turns out okay and biden wins and we can calm down a little bit as a, as a nation in the political spectrum maybe maybe i'm hoping against hope but i'm hoping that will happen um and so we'll look at we'll look everywhere for the idea of who has power who doesn't have power, who should have power, and for ideas about how this world is changing so dramatically, especially because of COVID, and, and what how we recover and what we become, because no one's going back to normal. So what is, I didn't want to say the new normal, because I don't even know what that means anymore. Well, that sounds like a fascinating concept, and we hope our audience will check that out. Um, I'm assuming it's on all podcast uh, apps, so, especially yes. Apple Podcasts, so definitely be sure to check out Sway, um, as Cara is the host of that. Um, but before we um, kind of draw the discussion to a formal end, um, is there anything you'd want our audience to know about Facebook, the big tech companies, and how to make sure that we avoid possible hacks and misinformation as we head into um, November 3rd? I would just say, try to be a good citizen. Try really hard to understand where your information comes from and, and good sources of trusted information. I understand it's so hard because it's so overwhelming, these platforms, and they really, it's not like anything in human history and it's failing this experiment in human communication. But you can still, um, I don't say go off of them because I, I, I don't think that's really the answer. I think it really is, think hard before you share. Think hard where you get your information Think about being a little nicer online, right? I know that sounds crazy, but like, don't, don't try to enrage. Don't try, try to engage people in real discussions about their points of view instead of calling them stupid, even if they're stupid. Like, I deal with, you know, uh, try to get people good facts. Try to get to a point of com comedy and community. The internet was founded with the idea, I think, of bringing people together, and it has torn people apart. 
it can still be a tool. It's either a tool or a weapon. It can be a tool for bringing people and knowledge and communities together and realizing our commonality. And I think people can try a little harder to do that rather than get sucked into the addictive and hateful parts of it. it you'll be a happier person for sure. That sort of fits with what we've been trying to get across to our audience, which mm -hmm. is to learn critical thinking skills and to use them to make sure that the sources of information you're relying on are correct. Um, and, you know, we all have gotten sucked into false information. I made a mistake the other day. Mm -hmm. um, someone had tweeted about Jared Kushner deleting all his tweets. And I looked at his Twitter account, and sure enough, there were no tweets. I didn't do enough research. It turns out that's because he has never used that account. He has never tweeted. He didn't delete them. He just never put any on there. Yeah. And so I, when I found that out, I withdrew my, my, you know, I deleted the tweet, and I apologized and put forth the facts. Mm -hmm. So I try to, because I believe facts matter more that's than anything. Fine. And that's what should guide people in their daily lives, their political lives, and how they vote this November. Um, so I'm hoping that through this conversation with you, which has been fascinating to yeah. me, that people will learn a little bit more about how to take precautions, how to use the internet for their own benefit can by I, getting facts. Can I make one way to think about it? If you can't think sure. about it in terms of digital, think about the food you eat. You don't put things in your body. If you all started to learn about food that wasn't good for us. And I'm not talking about chocolate because chocolate's fantastic. Like it's right from the earth. Um, but and it's delicious. But really bad foods, dyes and processed foods. We know what it does. And everyone does. Everyone we're not we can't say we're ignorant. And I think most people aren't ignorant about that. What you put in your body matters. Think about that. You're putting this stuff in your body. Think about it like, should I eat that? I think a lot of people would put it down. I think if you think of it other things, and maybe you'll eat it, maybe you will eat it, but it's going to make you sick. And so think about it like that and, and about affecting you mentally as, as food does physically. It gives you a sort of interesting insight into how to, how to think about it. It's a and great it is analogy. Delicious. It's yeah, delicious. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. Addictive. It's a Dorito. Doritos <laughs> are not good for you. Sorry to tell you. They're delicious. At least yeah. they're as good as chocolate, though. They're that much more enjoyable than Russian hatred and racism. Yeah, that's yeah. enjoyable. Yeah. So. For sure. Hopefully, people will pay attention to the facts. Um, unfortunately, right now, because as you said, we're in bubbles. And yeah. so, people listening to Fox News and getting their sources of information from there think that they have information, they have facts, but they aren't facts. Um, I always, when I, for example, when I read the New York Times and they say someone has been indicted, I go and I read the indictment. I don't take even the New York Times summary of what that indictment says. I want to see the original document. Yep, sure. And I encourage people to do the same mm -hmm. thing, is to really dig in to see what is true and what isn't. Um, although I have always found that almost 100% of the time, the New York Times is telling <laughs> it's the way it is. There's some And you know, when they make a mistake, they say so. Right. Exactly. Well, they, right. and that's also important, is saying you're wrong when you're wrong. They do. 
Yeah. So thank you yeah, so thank you much. So much. This has been really helpful. All and right. Great. I enjoyed getting to know you, and I uh, hope our thank you. You guys are ador adorable together. <laughs> thank <laughs> you. Just dying here. Okay. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Have fun. All right. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Intergenerational Politics. Be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts to support future episodes. Thanks so much. See you in our next episode.